This is uh, Thanksgiving week, and uh, just meditating on Thanksgiving this week and what it is. In the United States, we have this amazing holiday, and I think it's one of the most spiritual holidays of the year, you know, where we just get to thank, we, we get to exercise Thanksgiving and gratitude. But last night, my wife and I, we got home from that event that we had, and then I had to start preparing for this morning. And it would be nice sometimes to have some guests come in here and speak. It would be really great. I think as time goes, we're going to have um, more and more visitors. At the end of January, we have a really big, well, big for us, uh, just a church planners conference. Mm -hmm. And we have um, seven or eight pastors with their wives coming with some of their people. So it's going to be probably a nice little conference at the end of January. But... You know, when I was thinking last night, I came home, we were eating something, and, uh, you know, we went out to walk our dog, and our neighbor pulled in, and I I think our neighbor, you know, Josh, they must think that we're really strange people, because we're all, like, midnight every night just walking out, walking our dog. (laughs) We're just really different people, I think. People drive by, and, you know, it's so dark in Bender's Landing, isn't it? And so people, like, are coming down the road, and then they see us, and they slow down, they're, like, looking at us, like... Were these people, people walking at midnight with their dog, you know? What's wrong with them? Well, there's, there's another person in the neighborhood that's a little bit more interesting than us. Uh, she rides her bike at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Every, I mean, she's out there riding her bike, just rides by us, you know? Yeah. So that's very interesting. And we were looking at different videos, and we wanted to, sometimes I like to play a little video here, and we were looking at Thanksgiving videos, you know, these videos that, you know, different Christian organizations post for... Thanksgiving and you know some of them were funny some of them were like about memories of family and others were just about God teaching me to be thankful for the things I have and it's all about thankful for being thankful for the things that I have or the things that I don't have like one little video was about a guy going to bed at night really just disheartened and just saying I can't be thankful and he said God uh, teach me to be thankful so during the night he's has this dream that he doesn't have he can't see and he can't move and and he's thankful when he wakes up he's happy that he can see and he, he can move and he can but thankfulness from the biblical from God's perspective goes way beyond that and there's another word that we could use and that's gratitude so I want to just talk briefly this morning about gratitude versus thanksgiving and I just want to say uh, we were driving home last night and we were just so just so thankful for everybody that just comes out to Anything that we're doing, you know, you guys just come out and it's just, just kind of makes this body atmosphere and it's really wonderful and thanks for doing that. And I just think that, like, you know, when visitors come, they're always just touched and they don't go home. They're thinking of it, you know, when you first come to a, uh, a meeting in our church, you always go home afterwards just impacted, don't you? How many times, how many of you remember the first time that you came to, our, you know, our church? Like, it's like, I remember as a kid, an 11-year-old kid, going home and just thinking that was so strange in one sense, and the other sense, I've never felt so loved in my life. You know, I came into the church, we had been visiting different churches, and we were going to one church, Baptist church, and uh, we felt so locked in there that we couldn't go anywhere else, and so we were secretly going to the Bible Speaks midweek service. We were kind of sneaking off going, you know, on Thursday night. That's what I liked about Thursday night, because everybody had their services on Wednesday night, and we kind of sneak off on Thursday night to go to the Bible Speaks. And 
And uh, I remember the first time going into the Bible Speak service, and you know, you could you could feel the atmosphere, couldn't you? Like the anointing. There was like a presence of God there. There was this joy. And one lady, I walked in the door, and there was a lady, you know, greeting people. <laughs> totally freaked me out, but it was just amazing. She looked right into my eyes, and she goes, I see Jesus in those eyes. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Can you imagine being an 11-year-old kid, you know, just being hit with that, like, you know, like, whoa, and I'm sitting down. And, you know, I'm from a conservative Baptist background where nobody's really clapping. There's, you know, you don't raise your hands, and kind of quiet and everybody has their seat and nobody you can't sit in somebody else's seat you know it's kind of like hymnals and everything and so you know the pastor starts preaching it was pastor stevens and my soon-to-be teen leader was a row ahead of me and one seat over uh, and there were pews he was banging on his bible like just saying amen amen you know during the service and and he had like remember those cushions on those bibles these these Bible covers that had kind of like a pillow. Mm-hmm. And I said to my brother, you know, I was like, he's like, no wonder he's got such a big cushion on his Bible. He's like beating it to death during the whole <laughs> message. And I just remember just thinking, you know, walking away being so impacted by just the joy and the thankfulness and the gratitude that was in that, in that chapel. I don't really remember the message, but I just remember the people. And you know, when we, when we have meet people, when people come for the first time, or if even, even if people are new, we always want to just really exercise what we talked about last night is listen, like, where are they at? How can I um, minister? And then sometimes just quiet prayer or not a lot of words. Remember when Job's friends were like, Job's friends were silent for seven days, you know? And when, when, people, when people come in, sometimes just just a nod or a hug or a handshake, because that nine that ninety three percent of communication that's unheard and unseen is being transferred to a person. And um, but I want to just talk about Luke seventeen. And if you just turn with me, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered a certain village, there came there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now lepers, if you can remember, were not only religiously but civilly barred from society. They were people that were there with the untouchables. You know, we know that in India there is the caste of untouchables. And they are not allowed into certain aspects of society. Today in our American society there are untouchables. There are people that have AIDS. There are people that have whatever diseases and many of times we we see them in the inner city um, and when we did that street church a few weeks ago we saw people that would be considered in the world as untouchables uh, as a matter of fact this Wednesday night they're going to have that same group that we visited invite us to come down and help serve a Thanksgiving dinner for the homeless on the street so we can think about if we want to be doing that or not and just kind of discuss that because we already have a plan for Wednesday night but maybe maybe we could think about that and there are these untouchables and they were the lepers as a matter of fact when you were a leper when you came into uh, like a, a social group a group of people in Jerusalem were in Israel at the time you had to announce that you were coming you have to say a leper is coming I'm unclean that was the that was the cry unclean 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 is coming can you imagine that imagine going to Kroger or HEB or going to 
you know, your school event with your kids uh, or grandkids, and you're, you have to walk in, and you have to announce to everyone in the parking lot, unclean, I'm unclean, I'm untouchable, stay away. Because leprosy was very contagious. And at that time, there was no cure or prevention for it other than the Mosaic law to, to treat them in a certain way. And so as they were, they were afar off, and they entered this village, and there were ten men, and they were all lepers, probably friends, buddies, we don't know, just guys that knew each other, but now they were, they were a pack because now they all had the same problem, maybe from different backgrounds, maybe from different, different convictions, maybe different levels of wealth. We know that even kings got leprosy in the Old Testament, and then they died in a leper's home by themselves, poor. So this disease was a disease that just destroyed a person's life. It was just over. I think it would be a lot like some of these incurable diseases today that we find um, in the world of, of just incurable. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when the New King James here, and I use the New King James Version because I like it, and it says they, they raised up their voices, meaning they were at such a distance that they had to kind of raise their voices above the, uh, the noise of the crowd that was with Jesus. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And they didn't say grace, but they said mercy. And I think this is really where uh, the difference between thankfulness and gratitude begins, is Jesus having mercy on these men. These men were reaping the consequences of their decision uh, whether it was consciously or unconsciously where they came into contact with leprosy and Jesus said and they said Jesus master have mercy on us and so when he saw them he said to them go your go show yourselves to the priests why did he say that why did he not go over and touch them as he's done in the past why did he not go over and say you are healed because I think in everything that Jesus is doing, he wants to communicate a point. And the point here being is that he wanted to confirm, affirm the law of Moses that when a leper felt like that he was healed, he was supposed to go see the priest. And the priest was to be like a medical affirmation that this, that this man no longer had leprosy. So as they are going, as they went, in verse 14, they were cleansed. Cleansed. They were cleansed. And the word there is cleansed and not healed, but they were cleansed. And as they're going, they're realizing that this is going away. They're looking at themselves, and it's just going away. You know, their bodies are being restored. Leprosy is a terrible disease because... You actually die from just body parts falling off of you. And then finally your whole body is so riddled with this disease that you, are, you just die because of your, literally your, whole, your physical body is decomposing and being destroyed by this. Is it a bacteria or is it a virus? Bacteria. And verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned... And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And remember, Samaritans were just, they were the bottom rung of society. They were the 
unlovables. Not only was this man a leper, he was a Samaritan. A double whammy in his life. This man would be kind of someone like, you know, how would we define a Samaritan in today's society? Maybe in today's culture. They are an outcast. They are born on the wrong side of the tracks. Their accent is wrong. They don't have the right education or their political perspective. Maybe the Samaritans were were not loved because <coughs> they were sympathizers to the Roman government. So they were politically also on the wrong side of the tracks, maybe for conservatives. But he comes back and he glorifies God with a loud voice. That's just amazing. He glorifies, falls to Jesus' feet and begins to glorify God. And he's a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, We're not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Where are the nine? And I think Jesus here is getting to the point of what he really wanted the crowd to understand. Where were the other nine? Where was the other 90%? Where are the guys that were not the Samaritans that seemed to have some, maybe some clouds in society in their history or maybe some monetary value or maybe had some kind of success in their life? Where were they? They were not there. Were they not, were not any, were not, were not there, not, <laughs> it's a hard sentence to read, were not, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? So Jesus here admits that this guy is not even from Israel. He is an immigrant. He is a guy who doesn't belong here. He's a, he's probably somebody that, what is this guy doing here, you know? And this is, the, this is the one that Jesus is pointing, pointing the attention of all of heaven, all the angels. And, because remember, every miracle that Jesus did, it, he was doing it to all the angels of heaven too. Because the angels are still in Bible school. They're still learning. They're still being educated. And whenever grace is revealed to us, and we receive that grace, as like Sean was saying, and we, 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 we uh, internalize that grace, then what will happen is, is that in 1 Peter 1.12, there's an edu- there's a class, there's a lesson at that point for all the angels. Job, for example, the whole life of Job. And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. So I just want to make just three points this morning. Number one, gratitude in the Greek is made up of the word grace. Okay, I got that there twice. Gratitude in Greek is made up of the word grace in Greek. Okay, like even the English word gratitude, isn't that from a Latin-based word, Eduardo? Gracias, right? Gracia, grazie. I mean, in every Latin-based language, you're going to find that word grace in there, right? Uh, in, in, uh, and also in Latin-based languages as well as English is that word grace is based in that word gratitude. And so the word gratitude is a grace word. It's a word that is, is grace. Whereas thankfulness is another word. And we'll look at that in a second. The opposite of gratitude is entitlement. Entitlement. This is what I deserve. And this is what I've achieved. Look at the lepers. The lepers had, had in no way deserved anything. They didn't deserve anything. They deserved to be kicked out, maybe cast into a pile and burned so that nobody else gets infected. They didn't deserve anything. Uh, And this is where all of us were. You know, society has this really interesting way. 
this world system, and it is a system in every way, has a way of categorizing people, stereotyping people, putting, putting people in different kind of categories and groups and the financial group, the ethnic group, the, the cultural group, the educated group, the wealthy group, the, the poor group, the, 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 uh, the uninformed group. You know, how about that group? The uninformed talk to people and they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you know, they're just believing everything that they're reading or hearing, you know. And sometimes you hear what they say and you're just like, what? <laughs> Where did you get that information, you know? And these are the spiritual lepers of society. And these are the people that, that, that God is working in their lives. And this is who we are without Christ this entitlement, and boy, I, t- I tell you, doesn't entitlement taste bad? It just tastes so bad, doesn't it? Like, like entitlement is the opposite of grace. Entitlement is I deserve nothing, but I expect everything, you know? And when, when grace and, and love is shown to a person of an entitlement, it's just, it's like pearls being thrown to a, a, a swine, isn't it? And they don't even, they don't, so and when we give something to people that are in, that have a sense of entitlement, there's never going to be a thank you, and they will just consume it upon their own desires, and it will never be appreciated, it will never be understood at the value of what it is. Right? That's what entitlement means. And this is what really grieves the Holy Spirit. Gratitude is more about the giver who gave or did not give. Okay? Thanksgiving is more about the object or the service received. Okay, Thanksgiving is more about um, words. When you, you can say the words thank you, and when there's not gratitude in your heart at all, that's just an interesting paradox. Custom may dictate that you say the words thank you when you don't really appreciate what has been done for you. What it takes to turn to word, what what it takes to turn the words "thank you" into gratitude is a real genuine brokenness or sense of grat- inward gratitude. Gratitude is a feeling that arises, and this is not originally from this me. This is a, a quote that I had gotten. Arises uncoerced in the heart. Gratitude is something that cannot be coerced. Gratitude is something that just arises from the heart. It cannot be willed into existence directly if it is not there. So we see the difference between saying thank you and then inner gratitude. This leper had both. Gratitude is the full circle of grace working in the heart. It's... It's gratitude or true gratitude. It's thankfulness to God for his kindness to us. And it's arising from a foundation that was laid before of the love of God, the love to God for which he is in himself. Whereas, and this is by Jonathan Edwards. And I'm going to read this whole paragraph to you. And it's a little, it's like kind of old English, but I'll explain it. True gratitude or thankfulness to God for his kindness to us arises from a foundation laid before of love to God for what he is in himself, whereas a natural gratitude has no such an uh, antecedent foundation. The gracious stirrings of grateful affection to God for kindness received always are from a stock of love already in the heart, established in the first place on other grounds, meaning God's own nature. 
So in other words, gratitude that is pleasing to God is not first a delight in the benefit that God gives us, though that's part of it. True gratitude is rooted in something else that comes first, namely a delight in the beauty and excellency of God's character. It is not the foundation of our gratitude. If if this is not the foundation of our gratitude, that it's not above what the natural man apart from the spirit and the new nature in Christ experiences. So basically, what I'm saying here is, is that gratitude refers to the person. Thanks refers to the service rendered or, or given. Uh, thankfulness can be something where we say thank you and our heart's not in it, but we are consuming it. Gratitude is when we receive something and maybe we don't receive something. And we just say we are just thank, thankful to God because of who he is. I think that what is happening in our society is, is that Thanksgiving and Christmas is getting, getting all about, uh, is getting really all about the commercialization of objects and things. And we have to be careful as a church that the cross remains in the midst of our holidays where we are not looking only at those things that we've gotten or we don't have, but we're really looking at the giver that we're just just so in love with the giver that just, you know, what am I thankful for? Well, I don't know. I'm just thankful for God's grace in my life that I am just not, you know, living in my leprosy that I had before I met Christ. I'm, I'm just so amazed that. And everything else is added to you. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek those things. Seek you first the kingdom of God, and all the other things will be added to you. We know that in the Greek that word added means to add something to that's already completed. It's like adding a fifth wheel to a car. It's great. It's awesome that that fifth wheel is there, but I am all, I'm all set. You know, I'm all set because I am seeking the kingdom first in my life. The kingdom of God for me is first. Why? Because I'm, I'm so in love with what God has done for me and, the, and who he is. This leper, this tenth leper, the Samaritan, was probably heading on his way to the priest. And the priest, the priests are like, okay, guys, how you doing? What can I do for you? Well, we need you to, we need you to give us that stamp in our paperwork or whatever that we're cleansed, you know. So he does that. And then, the, and then they all disperse. And I think, I bet, what are the other guys thinking? These ten men, these nine other men, what are they thinking? Well, you know, i got a wife waiting for me. She's going to be so happy to see me. My kids are going to be so happy to see that I'm whole. Another guy's thinking, i got a business to go back to. You know, i got, I got money to make. i got money in the bank. You know, i got another guy's like, you know, I'm going to go party. Man, I'm going to party like I never partied before because life is so good now. And i got my, I got everything restored. i got my body restored. You know, there's these nine types of different kinds of thinking that a person may, may have in their minds. Maybe I'm going to go travel somewhere or I'm going to go fulfill my dreams. Well, one of them, the Samaritan, the foreigner, the reject, the, the untouchable in some ways, <coughs> is so amazed at Christ. You know, now when these ten men, I'm just kind of, kind of streaming my thinking right now a little bit. You know, when these ten men raised their voices and said, have mercy on us, were all ten of them asking Jesus? I don't know. Do you think all ten men were crying out to Jesus? Or maybe it was just one of them. Maybe it was just a few of them. And if it was not all of them, maybe this one Samaritan 
And there seems to be a trend with uh, Samaritans and Gentiles doing this to Jesus, as we know with the Syrophoenician woman, crying out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. And so this man may have been thinking as his buddies are taking off, like, hey, Sinaira, you know, uh, I'm going to go do my thing. He's, he is thinking, I'm going to return back to Jesus because there's something bigger than my healing, and that is the nature and the person of Jesus Christ. We would not be honored if we were thanked often for our gifts, but had no deep and spontaneous regard for, for you as a person. If you gave something to someone and they just said thank you, but they didn't really respect you, there's no honor in that, is there? There's no respect. There's no, uh, there's no blessing in that. If your character and personality do not attract me or give me joy in being around you, then you will just feel used, okay? like a tool or machine to produce things that I really love. And that's the way I think sometimes we can look at God, is that he is my blessing machine. He is my credit card. He is, my, he is the God that's just there. He exists to bless me <laughs> and to make my life great. Well, I think that God, that, is, that God does that. And there's a huge, God does, that is God's plan. That's the baseline of God's plan in our life, to bless the believer in trials or in in difficulties or in prosperity. But our real life, the real life for us begins on the other side. When we die and we go to heaven and we minister to Christ during the 1,000-year during the millennia, and we're, we're ministering to Christ on the earth, we are like traveling around the earth, preaching and proclaiming and teaching all the information that we received all the years that we were on this earth. You know, that's when life really begins. This here is just training, it's preparation, it's, it's unexpected, it is, it is the lessons that we learn, and it's that opportunity for us to really see the unseen things and to walk in a spiritual life, walk, not, in, not walking in the flesh, but really just having an understanding, like, like Sean was saying, looking in the mirror <clears throat> and then having God surprise you and speak to you. And you, we just never forget those times, do we? And that's what life is all about, that like this is really serious. And so gratitude is that full circle of grace working in the heart. You know, when I say thank you, God, or when I worship God, that's the full reciprocation of grace working in my heart. You know, when that, when I actually, when that leper came back, grace had the full circle in him. Uh, the others did not have that full circle of healing. Yes, they were healed on the outside, but they were still sick on the inside. Nothing had changed on the inside. God may actually answer people's prayers because he's a good God. And we read this in the book of Psalms. God gave the children of Israel the desires of their heart, but sent leanness to their soul. And this is a disease that we see in the church as a whole in the world today, that there is just leanness in people's soul. They're very rich on the outside, maybe, maybe very happy, content, uh, but on the inside, there's leanness, and there's no content. There's no, you know, there's no, you ever eat? I remember living overseas in Eastern Europe when times were really tough, and, uh, you know, chickens and bird and animals that were in the farm were not really fatty. They were pretty lean, and you'd get, I mean, these little chickens. I remember getting these little chickens in Ukraine at the bazaar, you know, at the open-air market, Man, some of them were just like, man, they were pretty gamey. They were just like, there was no meat. There was just like, my wife could always make it awesome tasting. 
I just remember these little things, you know. And it's like, it's, that's lean, and there's just no joy in eating. It's tough, and it's just like, you know. And that was what was in, in is, the Israelites' soul when they had everything that they wanted. Only one leper was whole and healed, okay? The others got their prayers answered, but they were not inwardly whole. This is what Jesus says in the Scripture. He says, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Now, that was the only man out of the other other nine that got wholeness in his soul. And I think that, hey, it's awesome when God blesses us, and God will. God will add, and God's going to do it. But when that happens, we just gotta we gotta remember to keep our eyes on the giver. Remember that old that old poem that we used to hear read? It was once the gift that I saw, but now the giver alone. I'd love to get the words of that poem somewhere. You know, it's not about the gift, but it's really about the giver. And that's what makes us so uniquely different as a disciple. And then, um, grace replaces sin. And I want to finish this last part. Grace replaces sin. Gratitude replaces sin in our lives. That's what Ephesians 5 verse 4 says. Ephesians 5 verse 4 says, it just kind of lists like the condition of a lifestyle of just craziness and sin and in the flesh and Paul says replace that with thanksgiving you know when you and I live with gratitude about you know in regards to the nature of Jesus Christ that's going to replace sin in my life you know it's going to replace the trend of the flesh you know when we are battling you know I was getting ordained one um, pastor Hadley asked me this question such a wise man he said he was part of the ordination council. That the guys that that um, that um, did the oral exam, and he asked me. He said, "He said, what are you going to do when you find yourself in cycles of negativity? How are you going to get out of that? Cycles of pessimism and cycles of of the wrong confession." And he just asked me that question. It was like everybody's getting all these theological questions and all these, you know, like give us the doctrine of the hypostatic union of Jesus Christ and, you know, the doctrine of the blood. And, and he asked me this question, you know, and, 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 and I just said, I was like, I thought, and then the Holy Spirit gave me the answer. That's what I like about spiritual tests. God, God gives you the question and the Holy Spirit says, here's the answer. <laughs> we listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, thankfulness, be thankful. When we live in thankfulness, true thankfulness, then that breaks us out of cycles of negativity, breaks us out of cycles of pain and hurt, like we saw in that little cute video. We get stuck in our pain and our hurt and our bad days, and then just living in thankfulness. You know, Sometimes people that have been hurt go on Facebook, and they're looking at the people that hurt them, and they're, just, they're looking at what's going on in their life, and they're grumbling, and they're just so angry at that person. I just saw it recently. I thought, man, you got to get out of this. You just got to get out of this whole realm of what this person did to you. You got to just get into thanksgiving, get into your calling, man. Just get get engaged with God and and just forget all about this weirdness that you're living in. Gratitude. Just start living in thankfulness, and it's going to replace the the trend of sin in your life. I read this this morning, and I don't remember who said it, but there's three kinds of thankers. Three kinds of thankers. And God is going to work hard to get us to number three. But the first kind of thanker is the flint. You know, 
requires a hammer to get anything out of it. You know, that's, that's who we are in the flesh. We're all flints in the flesh, right? Ever seen real flint? Have you seen it? When you, when, you, when you touch it and you play with it a little bit, you get a little, little like, dust on your, on your fingers. Well, that's like, huh? What is it? Flint? I don't know the Polish word. Is it a quartz? Rock? No, it's rock. It's a, but it's a type of quartz? Yeah, it's a very hard rock that has, like, flammables in it. You rub them together and sparks. And you've got to take a hammer to get anything out of it. The second kind is a sponge. You know? It's got what it's got inside of it, but you got to squeeze it to get it out, don't you? Okay, and then number three, the honeycomb, which it just oozes out the sweetness because it's so full of it. And this is what happens with the believers, that, you know, when God begins to work into our life, brokenness, just, it, it, it oozes out of our life. It just begins to ooze out, and whoever is around us is just going to get blessed with honey because... That's the whole goal in our life, is to work into our life humility so that that vessel of the soul and the soul life and the soul power and the soul preferences and the soul identity and everything that's involved with the soul, when that vessel is broken, <clears throat> then the treasure is released. And that's what gratitude is. And this is what happened with this leper. We don't read anything else ever again about this man but that he just came and he thanked Christ. And I think it's a wonderful thing when we just fall on our face before the Lord and we thank him for what he's given us and he's, we thank him for what he's done, but then on top of that, we thank him for who he is and we just get just occupied with Jesus Christ because things are going to come and things are going to go. Blessings are going to come and that sometimes they may be, God may remove them. Awesome things are going to come, things are going to go. But something that's never going to change in your life is that constant of the nature of God. And that's never going to change. And that means, you know what, um, and, and I just, you know, I think about this because when I was in Philadelphia, I learned so much about working with elderly people that were just beyond that age of taking care of themselves because they were so elderly. That's what my church started with, five or six elderly people and a, and a younger family. And I just had no idea really this was such a lesson for me. And you know what's just so amazing? Was to see that um, some of these elderly people that were just, you know, I just remember one woman, I'll never forget her, just an amazing lady. lady. She had a, just a kind of a disease. I don't even know how to explain it. <coughs> but she would wake up in the morning, early in the morning, get dressed for church. She's a very classy lady very, you know, frail, very you know, elderly. And then maybe a few, you know, maybe a half hour or so before church would start, she'd start feeling really bad physically. And then she would have to get all undressed and go back into bed. And she would call me sometimes. She goes, I, I just feel so useless. You know, I feel like I'm not worth anything because I can't even get out to church, you know. And she's just an amazing disciple. And what we had to really get into the minds of these people was God's, way of valuing them that they are not valued based on what they do or do not do they are valued based on who they are in Christ because you know as the years get as the years go on and if the Lord tarries and the rapture doesn't happen um, and we find ourselves we find ourselves aging then they're going to be they're going to be things that that maybe just go 
And we're going to find ourselves like, wow, you know, I was so happy and so grateful when I was younger and I had the energy. Uh, but now I don't have so much to be thankful for. Actually, I don't have very much at all. And actually, I used to live in this huge, huge house, but now I just live in this little apartment, you know. And, and at that moment, if we have not been engaged and been embedded in how to live in godly gratitude, I think that what will happen is, is that we're going to become cynical and bitter people. Because God is most strong and most powerful in our life when we are the weakest and when we are the most broken. That's when God is the greatest and the strongest. You know, we look at, you know, we look at Hollywood and we think of these supermen that are in Hollywood. They're not strong people. They're actually very weak, many of them. Some of, are, some of them are godly, but some of them are very weak people and they have no moral character. They have no power in their life. They, you know, they are just babies in, in some cases. God looks at a broken person who is just in a place of humility in their life and and there's maximum display of Jesus Christ out of coming out of that person and that's a powerful person that's a who is the most powerful out of those 10 men it was the samaritan it was the guy who was the untouchable it was the guy that was the, he was the black sheep of the group and we're going to find that that's a percentage that we're going to see in Christianity you're going to only get probably 10% of you know when something you do something in someone's life and you pour out and you do a miracle in their life and God really uses, uses you you're you can probably expect if you're if you're doing good you're going to get one you're going to get 10%. 90% of the people are not going to be understanding even what you did in their life. You know. That's okay. Because Jesus is who he is and and he's living in that contentment and and I'll just finish with that 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 um, living in grace and gratitude just replaces that grumpy old sin nature that's inside of us, <laughs> delivers us from our old sin nature and brings us into a place where, you know, uh, we've all met them. We've met people that just have so little, but they're just so grateful. You know, I remember going to Central Asia and it's just very, very poor there in, in some parts. And I remember going to one apartment and very, it was very, very meager. They invited me over for dinner, so it was just very meager what they were giving me. We all sat on the floor on a rug, and that's just the way they eat over there. They sit on the floor on a rug, and they had like these little, very beautifully handmade porcelain, but just like some candies and some like, you know, treats and like, you know, maybe like a very small piece of chicken with like a spoon, very small amount of food. And, and you know, they were just so happy that we were there. They were like, thank you for coming. I just remember it was so, it was like 110, 120 degrees in this one place. And we walked into this apartment, no air conditioning, of course. Old Soviet apartment made of brick and cement. So it just is really good in keeping all the heat inside the building. And so I walk in and it's just, we've got 40 people in an apartment that's like half the size of this room. They're all just like sweating and everybody's just like, you know. And all the, all the wonderful, everything that comes along with that s scenario. And so we're all sitting there, and it's me and the translator. <clears throat> and I just, me and my sarcastic American humor said, you know, it, all the windows were closed, you know. Oh, wait a minute. The windows were open. The windows were open. And I just said, I was like, we're all sweating. It was so hot. I said, man, is it cold in here. Is anybody else cold? I'm freezing, you know. <laughs> And they're like, no, Pastor Chris, but we can, we can close the windows if you'd like. They were like, just so happy we were there. They didn't care. They didn't care about anything. 
They were just so occupied with, you know, that we got to, you know. And every day we had to meet in a different location because we were being followed by the police. And, and, uh, and the police were on Facebook watching what we were doing and where we were going and seeing where the next meeting was. And so we had to do everything. We had to take everything off of Facebook. And we had to not take any pictures. Nothing could go on Facebook. But I was just so happy just to see that gratitude because, you know, it's, we're gonna go, when we go to heaven, you know who the heroes are going to be? The little people. It's not going to be, there's not many mighty in heaven. There's not many gifted and talented. It's just, it's just a small guy, a small woman. It's the Syrophoenician woman. It's the, it's the outcast that really, I think, I don't know, I don't know why it's that way. It just may be because of humility. I don't know. But gratitude. God said the least will be first and the first will be least. That's right. Amen. So with that, let's just close with prayer.